It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org slash app. You are Locked On Rams, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Travis Rogers here with Locked On Rams, getting ready for the Rams and the Vikings tonight, the final preseason game of the 2016 preseason. And like we've mentioned before, one of the least important preseason games, uh, arguably the least important preseason game of the entire year, talking with former Super Bowl champion Eric Davis on the postgame show last week. He says that as a broadcaster that this is the most difficult one because you know that once you get into the second half of game number four of this that all of those guys out there are just on their own film so they can be cut without having to worry about anything. So not a lot of um, football to look at tonight. A couple of things that we'll talk about. Um, as I know a lot of you are, you're getting ready for your fantasy football season as well. Make sure that you check out Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer. You can go to the Locked On Podcast Network to find that. And, of course, for all things NFL, Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. Quick note, too, I was on Locked On Vikings this week with Sam Ekstrom. He posted that late last night. So if you want more on the Rams, and we talked a lot about the Rams yesterday on Locked On Vikings with Sam. So you can go check that out as well. All right, the things that we're going to talk about today include what to look for from Jared Goff tonight, who will probably be the starting quarterback. I think that that's probably the most likely scenario. Sean Mannion will get a lot of time as well. I think that that is a topic, and what do you do with him, especially when you look around the league and you see that there are a couple of vacancies. All right, I want to talk about Todd Gurley and how good can he be this season. You you look at what he did last year coming off the injury with playing less than a full season. We will talk about Todd Gurley and expectations for him. Also, I think that the Rams are going to be involved in something very interesting at the start of the season, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more next week as we get closer to their debut on Monday Night Football. Remember, the Rams actually open on Monday night. They're the second of two Monday night games on the opening week. They will be up against uh, the the 49ers in San Francisco, and of course, that is uh, Colin Kaepernick territory. So, whether or not the anthem will be shown on TV has become a topic. We'll get into that as well, and Looking at tonight's game, I think there are a lot of similarities between the Rams and the Vikings. We will do that also. All right, so let's jump right into it and start with the idea of Jared Goff tonight. Jared Goff so far in the preseason has been what exactly? Average? Is that being a little generous? Maybe. Maybe a little bit um, less than average. Certainly less than spectacular. I think that the, the, the biggest criticism of Goff, and I think the most fair criticism of Goff, has been that he has not had those pop moments, those flash plays that they talk about, the things that make you go, oh, okay, there it is. There really haven't been too many of those. Now, while you'd like to see him, there haven't been a lot. That doesn't mean that this is a disaster. It doesn't mean that this is a bust. And I think that tonight, maybe starting the game, maybe allowing him to go in there and really kind of find his way into a rhythm from the start of the game, 
might be interesting. I, I think that he's going to play. I think that he's going to play a lot. What's interesting is that for the first time ever, Case Keenum is not going to play in the fourth preseason game. Keep in mind, he came into the league as an undrafted player out of Houston, despite having that incredible career with the Cougars, led the league or led the NCAA in career passing yardages. Um, he has always been a guy that's been fighting for a roster spot. This is the first time that he's ever been assured of making a team, much less being the starting quarterback. So he's probably not going to play tonight, despite the fact that uh, he has played in all of them previously. It'll be a nice little change of pace for him, which means, of course, that there's room for Goff. And how much time he gets with the ones? Probably not very much, because most of those guys are going to be tucked away in bubble wrap for the season opener, and getting ready for that. So you're not going to see a ton of those guys. But I think that it would be nice to see him, A, look comfortable. Look comfortable. Look like it's a football game. And not that he won't make mistakes. Not that he won't make a bad read or hold the ball too long or, or God forbid, take a hit or something like that. But look like it's a football game, like you've been doing it your whole life. I think that that's the next step for him. If he makes some nice throws, if he makes some good decisions, all the better. I think that that's what you're looking for for him to just – kind of accelerate that process of not looking like holy smoke this is the NFL and things are moving real real fast I know that it is and I know that that's the number one hurdle that rookies have to deal with but I'd like to see a little bit of that I think that he probably plays a half maybe maybe a little bit less they cut Dylan Thompson so they only have Mannion and Goff to play tonight I really don't think you're going to see Keenum so I think he's going to have some time. Just find some rhythm, maybe a flash play or two, a couple of things to make you go, oh, okay, there it is. That's why he was the first pick overall. That's why they gave away six draft picks to go get him, and that's going to be the guy moving forward with the Rams. Now, as far as Sean Mannion goes, um, there's they're in a weird spot. Most NFL teams don't carry three quarterbacks anymore. They, it's just the, the way that it is. The roster spots are very valuable. All of the guys on your roster need to be able to do something. Other than the backup quarterback, everybody is expected to do something in just about every single game. And the third-string quarterback is not that guy. Now, maybe they carry three. Maybe they'll be the team that, that does that. Some do, but not very many. And they'll carry that third guy. If they don't, this is where it gets interesting. What do you do with him? He was a third-round pick two years ago. He's looked pretty good. You look at the Cowboys. You look at the Vikings in particular. And these are teams that have a need at quarterback. Sean Hill for the Vikings is not going to be a guy that's going to take them where they need to go. Now, you could say, well, neither is Sean Mannion. But the fact of the matter is you're going to have to have somebody else come in there and do some things. The same thing with the Cowboys. I We, we talked about it on Locked on Rams yesterday about – Dak Prescott that good luck with that good luck with Dak Prescott being the guy that he's looked like through the first three games of the preseason that is going to change and it's going to change quickly and suddenly and for the worse so I think that there may be a little bit of a market I don't know what you get for the guy I don't know if you can turn Sean Mannion into a draft pick or a late round draft pick or something but I guarantee you there's chatter around the league looking at Mannion seeing what he is seeing what he looked like at that point and deciding whether or not they might want to reach out to the Rams and see what might be able to get done. I, th I think that Sean Mannion is better than a third-string quarterback in this league. Seeing what I've seen from him, especially in that Dallas game, with all of the prerequisite carve-outs preseason against the number twos and threes, all, I understand. He's looked good. He looks like an NFL quarterback, and I think that somebody might want to have him on the active roster, actually having a uniform on, actually carrying a clipboard, a baseball hat, all of that things as opposed to what do you do with him 
as a third quarterback. So I think that's something to look at. If he goes out there and tears it up tonight, I think you're looking at some very, very interesting decision-making from Jeff Fisher and Les Snead. So that's something to look for going into the game tonight. Todd Gurley. And when I was unlocked on Vikings with Sam yesterday, we, we were talking about this. And he asked me the question, and, and I thought it was a really good one. How good can Todd Gurley be? Like, what, what is the ceiling for Todd Gurley? And the answer that I gave him was, the ceiling is Adrian Peterson. While their running styles might not be incredibly similar, I think that what they are is very similar. And what I mean by that is, Adrian Peterson is still the best running back in football, right? Adrian Peterson is still one of the few guys in the NFL, and the, the Vikings are probably one of the few teams in the NFL that are going to go as their running game goes, not necessarily as their quarterback goes, especially in light of Teddy Bridgewater going down. Well, that's the same with Todd Gurley. These are guys that are going to get 25, 30 carries a game, get a couple of passes out of the backfield, and be expected to carry a very, very significant workload. So I think that the I think behind Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley is the second best running back in football. Keep in mind, he had over 1,100 yards last year as a rookie, playing less than a full season and coming off of an ACL injury. Other than Adrian Peterson, and again, this is what makes AP such an outlier. Every single athlete, whether it's a football player, basketball player, anybody that uses their body as their stock and trade. They're going to tell you that it's that second season after an ACL injury where they finally start to feel like themselves. That in that first year, they can play. They're doing what they think feels right. It's only in that second season that you start to realize, oh, okay, this is what it is. Well, if Todd Gurley has another gear to go to after what we saw last year, I don't even want to know what that looks like. If he's going to get an additional three games, the games that he missed last season, and get more carries because he's healthier, because he's more experienced, because he understands things a little bit better – what could he look at? I mean, I don't know, 1,500, 1,600-yard season? Get crazy and maybe think of an 1,800-yard season? Now, a lot of that's going to be predicated on what the quarterbacks do, but I think that L.A. fans are going to find themselves falling in love with Todd Gurley very, very quickly. Which, let's stop right there for a second. People need to figure out who they like on this team, and even to the point you need to figure out who you don't like on this team. That This is a... a, a Viking fans, Titan fans, Texan fans, Seahawks, every fan. These teams have all been in these markets for a long time, and they know, oh, this guy drives me crazy. Oh, this guy is my favorite guy. I love the way that this guy does it. This guy's underrated. That guy's overrated. You start to develop opinions about guys. For most L.A. Ram fans, that's not the case. I don't think a lot of people were following the Rams very closely, so this is going to be a process in the early part of the season. I guarantee you, by the time we get into week six or seven on Locked on Rams, we're going to be talking about a guy over and over again that's driving all of us crazy. Speaking of which, if you ever want to reach out and touch base with me, you can do that at Travis Rogers on Twitter. And, of course, there are comment sections here on Locked on Rams as well, and I've seen some of those, and I appreciate them very, very much. So go ahead and send those along. So going back to this, Todd Gurley is going to be the guy that I think everybody falls in love with, and this is going to be the season, especially if Case Keenum and Jared Goff can play that quarterback position at an effective level. Todd Gurley is going to be an absolute beast. All right, now's the time for me to tell you that if you are listening to this and you are a business owner or you want to get in touch with people like me, like you, like the other people that are listening to this, and I'm talking about guys, I'm talking about guys in the coveted 18 to 34 demographic guys that 
want to spend money, that know how to spend money. They're going to listen to people that tell them how to spend their money. You're going to want to come and be a sponsor on this show. Reach out to me in the comments section. Reach out to me on Twitter at Travis Rogers. We can have a DM conversation on how you can reach the people that are listening to this podcast, and we can do that together. It's a good deal for you. It's a good deal for me. Let's talk about how we want to do that together. All right. Also, you can hear me tonight on ESPN LA 710. I will be doing the Rams postgame show after this one is over tonight. All right. So the final topic of the day, and this is something that I'm sure we'll spend more time on next week, is what's going on with the national anthem on Monday Night Football a week from this upcoming Monday when the Rams and the 49ers kick off up at Levi Stadium. And assuming Colin Kaepernick is still on the team, will he sit? The answer is almost certainly yes. And the question is, does ESPN show it on TV? They typically do not show the anthem on TV. That's not the, you know, they they come up, they do the little open, they go to break, they come back, they kick the football off. The anthem is usually something that's done in stadium only and not broadcast on television. However, because this has gone from just the national anthem into an area of news, of breaking news that he's sitting, it's a regular season game and all these things, I think they should put it on. Not not to necessarily put Colin Kaepernick on blast, not necessarily to, to put Colin Kaepernick in a position where he has to go through this all again, but look, this is what he's done. This is a game that counts. Here we are in the regular season in front of the home crowd. Everybody's going to be looking at him because keep in mind, the 49ers play at San Diego in their final game tonight. By the way, big-time military town. Good luck with that, Cap. That's going to be a uh, tricky putt for you right there. But the return to San Francisco, the return in front of the home fans, Monday Night Football, I think it's worth showing. Again, I don't have a problem with Colin Kaepernick choosing to advocate for a cause that he believes in. But he's got to be ready for the backlash that comes along with it. And and the idea that he should pick a different venue, the idea that, well, why, why does he have to do it at a football game? Why does he have to do it at work? Because if he didn't do it at work, guys, no one would have seen it. No one would have cared. If he would have gone to a community event, a church, a, a, a political rally, and, and said the same things, it would have gotten a little bit of attention, but not nearly as much as this is getting. So that's why he did what he did. I, I, I don't agree with what he did. I think that what he said has uh, a lot of things that need to be unpacked, that it's not as simple as agreeing or disagreeing with him. But I certainly think that his goal of bringing attention to the issues that he wanted it brought to was very, very successful. Him, the the problem that he has is that he sucks, okay? The problem that he has is that he's not any good anymore. Believe me, if this was a cause that was picked up by Russell Wilson, good luck with that, or Cam Newton, then it would be much more interesting because we would have to listen to Cam Newton. With, With Colin Kaepernick being lousy, it's much easier to ignore him. All right, your tailgate tip of the week. This is important. These are the things that you need to bring. And if you're doing it regularly, you probably have your list. But here's something that you need to bring. You need to bring a good knife to your tailgate, okay? Not a good enough one that you can't lose it because, well, that happens occasionally. That sometimes you have too good of a time and things get misplaced. But you need that good knife. You need a cutting board and you need a roll of paper towels. Because how many times you've been looking around thinking, I need this, I need to do that. You're going to forget this, that, or the other. Knife, cutting board, paper towel. You can fit all of that into one small little bag. You can be ready to go. And then we can get to the more important things like which food you're going to have, which beer you're going to serve, and really how much of it you're going to eat and drink yourself. But you need the right equipment to get these things done. Table. Knife, cutting board, paper towels. Get it on there 
as well. All right, Rams tonight, 5 o'clock Pacific time. That is against the Minnesota Vikings, the game that really nobody wants to be in. So we'll talk about that tomorrow as well. We'll see you then on Locked on Rams. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.